Three, two, one. We're back. It's been a while. It's been a couple of months due to situations beyond our control. Hello from New Orleans, Louisiana. We're at the Women's Final Four. This is KG along with uh, the Wildcat and one of our cohorts in, I won't say crime, that's not really t- accurate. But this, you listen to a, another installment of the KG and Fifth Wildcat, this time from New Orleans, Louisiana. We have a special guest, colleague, friend, official, Mrs. Sherlinton. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing wonderful, Mr. Gardner. And since we are here in NOLA, in NOLA for the Final Four, that will be the topic of discussion. Sunday night, we have uh, California Golden Bears versus the surprisingly upstart Louisville Cardinals in one semifinal matchup, followed by the main event, the fourth meeting between Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Connecticut Huskies. Let's get right into it. Make your predictions. Here we go. Who you got in the first game? Or does it even matter? We don't, I don't want to disrespect anybody. I don't want to disrespect Louisville or Cal, but Louisville is not... We're not expected to be in the Final Four. Let's just be honest. The field is open now. Exactly. For whatever reason, it's just open. Uh, Notre Dame is not guaranteed. Neither is Gucon. They're just here today to get their shot. Cal is a newcomer um, out of the bunch. And according to Coach Godley, they're not just here to, not just happy just to be here. They're here to win a championship and change it to the, the Road, uh, as she said, changed things up that Stanford is not the banner uh, bearer for the uh, West Coast and the Pac-12. We'll see. That's right, because Cal- California has, they have nothing to lose at this point. I mean, nobody expected them to be here. To me, they're the one that really don't have all, any pressure right now. You know, Louisville, there's expectations for them. And, of course, we know the matchup between Notre Dame and and uh, UConn is going to be the, you know, premier event. And let's just remind anybody who's lived under a rock. Louisville beat, shocked the world, the college basketball world, upsetting number one seed, Baylor Lady Bears, led by as many as 20 points in the ball game. Baylor caught up, led by one in the final seconds. Brittany Grimes called for a foul. Monique Reed for Louisville made the two free throws for the clinching huge, score. Huge. 82-81 was the final score in a huge upset. Louisville advanced to the regional final because that was in the Sweet 16 round, which makes, it, makes that upset even bigger. Louisville held on to beat Tennessee in the Elite Eight to advance to the, the Final Four here in New Orleans. Kudos to Coach Jeff Walls and the Schimmels. Shorty Schimmel is a, she's a joy to watch. She has Absolutely. no kinds when it comes to agree. shooting the ball. Agree. Uh, Louisville, they need to make, need to make shots. Now Cal doesn't score a lot of points either, but if Louisville is making their three, it's going to be tough for Cal to uh, win the ball game. Lazy Clarendon for Cal is one of the top players that no one's seen before. She's she's a very good guard. She's a big guard. Great mid range game. Uh, Woody touchdown. Coach Godley for Cal. She's a fine. Upstanding uh, young coach in the game, the business. Her going against uh, Jeff Walls should be fun in matchup of X's and O's. I start coach Jeff Walls. I'll coach Holly Warlick in the Elite Eight, in my opinion. But let's touch on Louisville and the defense against Brittany Griner. The game was physical. Was it too physical? What are your thoughts as you two are 
officials. Was it too physical? What should have happened? What should have been done differently? Sure, you can start. I agree. I think it was a little too physical. I think that the, the parameters, I think they should have addressed it early uh, because the longer they allow Louisville to continue to you know, be physical with Brittany, I think it became an advantage for Louisville the more confident they got in, of course, with the shots falling. Uh, but yes, I think that was a, a difference in the ball game, the physicality of the game and how they allow the game to be to be played. Also, it, it showed the maturity as a ball player, as a mental ball player of Brittany Griner this year, this time, this uh, tournament around, because as we all know, uh, what two years back, right. um, it was it was a different story when the game got physical toward her. Instead of her playing through it, she retaliated, and I think I'm just being personal about it. That is what allowed Louisville to continue to go to, at the place they were going as far as defending the post when the game against Baylor. Well, let me let me let me play a devil's advocate. Um, what if Brittany would have not let's not thrown a punch or anything like that? But what if she would have decided to take upon herself in the first half to set a tone with clear out space with a little elbow, let the little little Louisville Cardinals say, "Y'all ain't gonna get can't get away with this stuff all game long." I'm gonna make my presence known and say, "I'm a six foot eight post player. I'm the best player on this floor. And this stuff ain't gonna last very long." Actually, sometimes you gotta clean it up yourself. Thoughts. That's true. Uh, that would have been a perfect a way of, of of dealing with it. Would have been to, as a player, this individual says, "Okay, bring attention to the official." After it's not cleaned up on his end, then you make a personal decision as a player only to clean it up yourself. Now, mind you, it would have gotten a little rough, probably a little bit too rougher than folks would have allowed, but. On the fellow side, and I'm going to just make the reference because that happens. When you have an oversized post, and we've seen it over the years, things change as far as the game, as far as a big man getting defended against in that area of space. Because that's what we refer to as space. And me personally, I would have corrected and got my space clear. There are Moves and all that she post moves that she that she could have went through to get that done. For whatever reason, she didn't. She just played through it. Now, on the part on the other side of the fence, the rest of the team has to make the decision. And I stand around and watch, and I force the ball into it. They got to pick up that that, that deficiency on offensive end. Because now she's getting everything done on defensively, but she's not getting anything done offensively. So she, the rest of the team has to step out and help her. It's sad that it, the rest of the team waited until the last five minutes of the game to make a decision to get that done. And let's touch on that. I don't believe Kim made any adjustment. Coach Kim Mulkey for Baylor, I don't think she made any adjustments. She waited too late to do things differently. They fell behind. Yes, Louisville made some ridiculous shots from three-point range. Some of the players had made threes all year, made threes in that game. But what adjustments did Kim make during that first half, especially that Baylor fell behind, then by a lot, and then had to do so much to catch back up? Well, you know, I think, too, you know, when you have a player like Brittany Griner on your team, sometimes you have a tendency to just feel that, you know, 
we can't lose with Brittany. You know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna make plays. Things are gonna start happening. And then plus with Baylor, the way they've been playing all year, up and down. You know, sometimes they would have those moments in the first half where they didn't play their best. They may have fallen behind, but then they always, you know, came back. And I think maybe they all got kind of lulled and got comfortable with that and just, just thought that they would be able to make the necessary adjustments and, and get back in the ballgame, and which they did. Late in the game, they did come back. But but stating on what you were talking about in reference to Brittany taking it upon herself to to make a difference, I think that if Brittany would have, I think as far as the officiating goes, I think it would have made them have to – put whistles on certain things because the game would have became way too physical and you could have had things to escalate even more so. And uh, But, you know, it's here nor there. I mean, the, the game has been decided. It's over. It's done with. But still, I think that if Brittany would have become more physical in that ball game, I think the officiating probably would have adjusted some. And since you, we're piggybacking on it, let's talk about the officiating in women's college basketball specifically. You two are officials. You work games. What are your thoughts on the officiating in the tournament this season? Like, what do you judge it? And what's your opinion? Is has it regressed? Is it status quo? Does it need to be improved? What are your thoughts on that? You want to take that? You want to start with it, Cheryl? I'll start with it. I mean, as an official, we continue to, you know, grow, develop, train, learn to become better officials. I think uh, we've had some inconsistency throughout the season in reference to the ball, to the game, to the officiating. Um, but I think that, you know, we had in, in on the men's side as well as on the women's side, we've had some questionable situations to occur. And all I can say is, as an official, you know, we just have to get better. We have to continue to train because the players are, are getting better. They're getting stronger. They're getting faster. We have to keep up with the game. And, you know, and all I can say is that, you know, training is the best thing for all of us. More consistency. Um, from my standpoint, that's what I look at. Not, you know, going, it's, uh, to, going to camp. Working more games, but I look at it as working games on all levels during the season, only because mentally it allows you to adjust to the level of play that is it that that you are a refereeing, um, and how you get more consistent, you start paying attention to game management situations in the game. You go and watch other guys referee. You go and watch other games, and you watch the way. Things are handled in situations because that's what we're taught in camp. You know, situations, either an out of bound or an in game, it's a in game situation, uh, whether it be post or guard. You remember what you suppose what the rule is, and you, you take that and you go with it. You make a personal judgment, but you always take care of the game and take care of the player, and hopefully. No one gets hurt in the process. And remind everybody who's listening, this is a KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. We have a special guest with us joining us. You can get you a nickname. It's Linton. We have to get something for you. Catch you like KG or Fifth Ward Wildcat. We'll think something as we progress through this uh, podcast. Doris Burke, Carolyn Peck, Rebecca Lobo. I spoke to them Saturday at, after ESPN's uh, press conference. Got their thoughts on the officiating and women's college basketball. Rebecca Lobo was much more 
politically correct in her answers that I thought she'd be really, as long as we've known each other, uh, going back to days in the comments and things like that. Doris Burke and Carolyn Peck were much more direct with their opinions. Go to my blog, Women's Hoops, uh, blog at hr.com. It's all on my website, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. You can check it out, read their comments. I've got a few comments, a few different blog posts up so far on the, the website. Check that out. One of the things I wrote about, get your thoughts on this. Mark Cuban, Dallas Mavericks owner, said that he would consider drafting Brittany Griner with the Mavericks second round pick. It's all about the money. What do you think about that? Do you think it's a good do you think it's marketing? Do you think a woman can play in the NBA? What do you think? I think it's one hundred percent marketing. I, I really don't think that you know as a female athlete, you know, I don't want to ever say that a woman is not capable of playing in the NBA. But the reality of it is, um, most players, owners, uh, society, you know, don't really think that that's possible or plausible. The other thing is, it has to be from a position. And playing the post in the NBA is totally different than playing the post in college on any level. Agreed. We've all seen that. And the rule is, the next level up, you move out. Unless you're a certain height. Six nine or bigger, coaches wait on you all day long. But young is smaller than that, dime a dozen. We've seen it because the game has evolved that for the, that way over the years. Playing in her position right now, Brittany will be moved out to a forward or wing. Ball handling skills have to have to pick up, has to be able to face the bucket, and she has to be able to move quick enough to get back to the post to defend. And we've all seen it. In the league, European post players are seven feet, six ten. All span is basically the same as, as hers, uh, close to seven to ten feet, uh, just stretching out. And they handle the post totally different on the next level. Now, the comparison has been so far between two players that we've seen uh, personally. One that's uh, Scotty Diggins and the other is Cynthia Cooper. Only because of the position that they play would they be measurably inclined to be looked at as a person a person of interest playing on the man's level because of where the because of where the position is. It's further out away from the bucket. So the skill level is is different. A couple things in response to what y'all said. Brittany's all for it. Brittany's willing to go to the trial with the Mavs. She's wants to do it at least to push the envelope to see where she stands, nothing else, to give us a see what happens. Gina Oriema is all against, not in favor of it at all. Nancy Lieberman, she's, she's gung-ho about it. She thinks Brittany should get the shot, see what happens. Rebecca Lobo told me if she was 22, got, got invited, she'd be all for it too. She'd do it. Rebecca's comments on my blog. i got to plug myself. Hey, it's, it's my stuff, so it's what we do. So it's at HoustonRoundBarView.com. Check it out. So different thoughts, opinions on it. Personally, I, if Brittany wants to do it, give her a shot at it, go ahead and see what happens. I don't think she lasts very long. I think she would obviously have to play a power forward in the NBA. That'd be her best position because of her height. She isn't quick enough to guard threes at all. No, no, no question, no, no doubt about that at all. Her ball handling skills are, are atrocious on a college level in women's game. So on the fellow side, it'd be even worse. You'd have to work on that as well. But power forward, come off the bench, maybe she get a couple rebounds, things like that. Because dominating women's college basketball is far, far different than being successful 
in the NBA level, on any level, even if it's just coming off the bench for a couple minutes, spot rebounds here and there kind of thing. Mark Cuban's doing it. Marketing's part of it. It's Mark Cuban. He's a billionaire. He sees some money involved in it. Be it an idea to see what happens. Shane Batty believes that at some point a woman will be in the NBA. He does believe that's going to happen at some point. And I, I don't believe anybody, especially right now in this day and age, believes that any woman will come into the NBA and be successful and dominate, become a superstar. But playing in the NBA, I mean, you know, Ann Myers, years ago, got got a shot in camp. Ness Liebman had a shot. So that was 30 years, 30, 35 years ago, almost 40 years ago now. I, I hate to date them, date them and like that, but that's okay. But that's out there as well. For prediction, let's bounce back to... Because uh, Brittany will be the number one pick in the NBA, WNBA draft is coming up. Phoenix Mercury have the number one pick. And then, um, let's see, Brittany Griner, Atlanta Delalana, Scott Dickens will be in top three picks. And that would be interesting, between the two of them, depending on what of need. Because all three of those players will make a change, will, will be... Game changers. Game changers. Mm-hmm. Because of their position and also what they bring to the table. Yes. And I would rely on Cheryl to watch the WNBA because, personally speaking, since the comments disbanded, I have not seen probably a half hour of a WNBA game in five years. Well, I have and to. That's probably, I have that to. probably is going to hurt some pride of people who are listening to this podcast thinking, Chris, you are a media well, person. You talk WNBA. Nope. I haven't since 2008, 2009. <laughs> just, just being honest. And being the three people that we are from, from Houston, you know, which is basically. Out of, it was out of sight, out of mind. I mean, it just slowly just drifted out of thought pattern. No, well, I, I'm, I can't say what I really would like to say. Sure you can. On, yeah, on. yeah, you can. Yeah, you can uh, well, my thing is, it, it's still an open wound for me, not having the comments in Houston. I, the, the way all of it was handled, I, it's still a very sore spot for me. And I have to admit, uh, I haven't been as supportive of the WNBA that I once was, since the comments are no longer in existence. I, that I don't don't understand that at all. A team that has won four championships, the league was built on the comments, and they just disbanded them like they were just nothing. I just don't agree with that. So, but anyway, um, we have to move forward. Okay. At some point, when are you going to move forward? And when well, you know, close? players like Brittany, Skyler, Elena. I mean, they make it interesting. You know, I have to admit, the the WNBA Finals I watched the, this past year was very competitive, the playoffs. So, I mean, with young players like that coming in, it sparks your interest. You know, so, you know, continuing to breed players like that, and that's why the talk of Brittany going to the NBA and all that, you know, I, Brittany is vital to the women's game, players like her. Well, I'm going to answer this way. How much has changed since the class of Candace Parker and that bunch came out as far as interest overall of women's basketball? Because from what, from sitting from my from my side, the only thing that that's noticeable now is there's a lot more interest when the Olympics comes around. Yes. Other than that, during the off years, there's nothing. Well, being in a non-WNBA city as H Town. I don't. I don't hear anybody talk about the WNBA. You know, I don't. I don't. I, 
for being for so, being honest, though, I mean, really, in reference to the college game, how much have people been talking about the college game? I think since Brittany has come on the scene, I think it's putting them back into the limelight, so to speak, because people are interested in in Brittany and what she does and what she brings to the game. Is it because of the uniqueness of her play, or is it that she's had so much growth and out from high school, which we've all noticed personally because we we saw her and you and I actually refereed games and all for either during the, either during summer games, summer league, or high school. Right. It is, is is that pretty much the interest of where folks are now? I mean, it's just the uniqueness, and now it's moving up to the next level. And the league, if I'm not mistaken, has a viable now TV contract that's been extended. Contract is has gotten better. Um, ESPN, ABC, I think they're going to carry more games. ESPN, ABC, they want to see Brittany Dunk. That's all. That's what they want. I'm sure ESPN, when Louisville beat Baylor, some folks ESPN cried. I mean, I'm sure they shed tears because of the, the missed ratings, the ratings that they would not get if Baylor would advance from New Orleans in the Final Four. And she dunked three times in uh, was that the second game in the second round. Right. Three times in that game, I'm sure ESPN was just looking at shops about the possibilities of more dunks and baseline dunks. All, all kinds of things like that happening. Yeah, was, that didn't happen. So now that's going to shift to the WNBA. The WNBA that's going to be their hope. How many dunks will she get in the WNBA? How many dunks will she get for them Phoenix Mercury and that up tempo style of play, playing with Diana Taurasi? Exactly. That should be a lot of fun. Yes. Um, Saying that, I'm still not sure how many games I'm going to watch this this summer. And the games are different. You know, they, the, the the time pattern are different than, uh, on the women's side than they are on the fellas. It's not a set schedule. You know, if the games are interesting, all, they don't flip the switch anymore like they used to. They basically plan those games out, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much how the league sits at. But Phoenix plays up up tempo. They do. Corey Gaines, he is, he is a coach, right? So yes, he's still there. Up. Yes, he is. So they're going to play. Up, up and down the floor, and Brittany blocking, blocking yeah. shots to one end. I guess run down the floor, maybe flushing a few. We'll get the crowd involved. We'll be curious to see how many yeah. times their games will be on uh, TV because the W does have like a internet package, don't they? Still have something like that. Yes, you can they watch do. games on the internet. Yes. So I'm asking you. I'm, I'm, I'm coming toward you for information because I don't know. Yes. I get. Do. I still get the emails, press releases from the league, but trust me, from a a numbers point of view, from a website hit point of view, when the comments left Houston and WNBA, Houston Round Bar Review took a big bite in the behind. <laughs> and I will say something else besides behind. That hurt. And I haven't recovered from that loss yet. What? So for me, personally, am I bitter? Hell yeah, I'm a little bit bitter. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because I still don't know everything that happened behind the scenes why the comments are no longer. I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I totally agree with that. I don't understand how in the world that team can just be disbanded. I, I am, I was totally surprised. You know, the other thing too, when that transpired, a lot of websites yes. that were designated specifically to women's sports, and I took it. One of one of the biggest was Women's Online Basketball. That was a daily blog a daily newsletter that we all subscribe to that uh, we were getting information from on a regular basis. So maybe at some point uh, I'll watch the games again. You know, drive to San Antonio. That's, I'm not going to get all that stuff. I still have long drives to cover some games. Maybe Brittany when they come. We didn't do it then when they, on a regular basis when the teams were here. So when they came, when, the, when the Mercury come to San Antonio, maybe 
we'll see how things go. I still have friends in the league, obviously. I still know players in the league. Is Tina still in the league? Tina is still in the league, yes. So maybe, I mean, goodness gracious, Tina, but I've been in the league since, since day one. So we'll, we'll see how all, all that plays out. What else is on your brains? Um, let's you all have been here a couple of days. This is your, what, nope. second or third day? Today's the second day. How was yesterday's uh, media cattle call that they have on uh, the day before teams play? The press conferences were interesting. You know, since Connecticut is here for the sixth straight year, which is a hell of an accomplishment. On that, on that part, because uh, they, they've had some interesting seasons getting here. But, of course, since Connecticut is here, Connecticut horde, media horde, is here in full effect. In full, full effect. How many? A hundred this time? Whatever the usual number is here, they're here. And I have no, I won't go into anything else. I won't say it now. I'm about to put you on blast, but I won't do that, Wildcat. But, yes, the horde is here. So if... No, you can do if, that. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because I can open myself up with other stuff, too. So I won't do that. Okay. Uh, let's, let's get going talk talk about it. UConn, Notre Dame, fourth time Sunday night. Notre Dame is beating them three times, first three times this season. Mike, What's going to be different tonight? Skyler Diggins. Skyler Diggins. My gut tells me different. Why? Only because the game, the, the makeup is different since the tournament has started as far as bench help. And that's, that's, and that's the only reason I'm saying that because that group has, for whatever reason, Finally, has awakened and realized, okay, we're one and done situation. We got to, we got to pick up the pace. And, and two people you're talking about there are freshmen: Brianna Stewart and Mariah Jefferson. There you go. Yes. Uh, Bree Stewart. Brianna, Brianna uh, they call her Stewie, six four, uh, gawky looking kid. Looks like Gumby. That's what Carolyn or Carolyn, Carolyn Peck or Carol Austin, somebody at the press conference referred to as Gumby esque. Um, Mariah Jefferson, point guard from Texas. Got to give a shout out to. Uh, State products, you know. Hey, Mariah really struggled during the season. There were one or two ranked players coming in to their freshman year. They struggled. Reese, her first seven games, everybody thought she was the best thing, best freshman ever. Then she struggled. Mariah struggled, took her longer to adjust to the game. But tournament, con- conference tournament, and this ain't tournament, both of them have played much better. So they could be keys to the tonight versus Notre Dame. I agree with you saying that, but to paraphrase from the iconic coach himself, Mr. Gino Oriyama, he used to say this when he was coaching Diana Taurasi, I'm going to steal the phrase and insert a player's name on a place, D's name, with another D, Skylar Diggins. Skylar Diggins. My phrase is, we have Skylar and you don't. Exactly. If it comes down to that, they got the best player on the floor. Exactly. If he plays like it, Notre Dame will beat them for the fourth time and advance to the championship and be the prohibitive favorite to win a championship and send Scott on to WNBA with her, with going out in style with a ring. That's what I think. I think it's going to come down to we have Scholar and you don't. I agree. Scholar has, you know, she has that veteran leadership. Um, she struggled in some games, even those uh, the games that they've had this year they, against UConn. They she struggled, struggled shooting wise all yes. three times. Yes, and they still managed to win triple overtime. Exactly. She she had she will not let them lose. 
She makes the plays. If she's not scoring, she's 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 passing. She's playing good defense, a steal, whatever it is that they need at the time that they need it. She's the one that makes it happen. Is it because they've found a way as a group, as a unit? I agree. Both yes. starters and, and, and bench depth. Yes. Have figured out that the rest of us need to step up because the conversation that uh, Scott uh, that Scott and I had. In December at the uh, World Vision Tournament in, in Las Vegas, it all boiled down to everybody contributing, even when she's not having a good day. Like freshman Jewel Lloyd, she's a guard. She's a guard on the receiving passes of alley oops. Now, if you ever yes. seen Jewel Lloyd, yes, she's five eight five nine. She's right. receiving alley oops. She's not dunking off of them, but that's a that's a different element that she's bringing to the women's basketball game. Kayla McBride. Is a junior, 5'11". She's All-American. That She was announced one of the 10 All-Americans WBCA yesterday on Saturday. Kayla McBride is a UConn killer. She is. My friends and media colleagues who cover the Huskies, one of them, Dish and Swish, who does a great job promoting and doing a whole bunch of things for women's college basketball. He just describes, I mean, everything she, as well as she plays, she plays better against Connecticut as she does against everybody else. They dread facing Kayla McBride. Natalie Ochanwa, she said she stays out of foul trouble. She just owns the paint against the Huskies. Stephanie Dolson, the big girl for Connecticut, is battling leg problems in each leg, right at, right at leg. So her health could be a factor in tonight's game as well. But in addition to saying Notre Dame has scholar and Huskies don't, are we at the point? Because scholar has won led the Irish to, what, seven straight wins over Connecticut? Yeah. What if this, if this comes down to this? You, Notre Dame is in UConn's head. What if, what if it's as simple as that? I hope not. Truly, I hope not. Uh, only because that would totally change the mental makeup of things. Because that's where it would have come, where it would have boiled down to. Not the physicality of Big East basketball, but more of a mental situation where Notre Dame has figured out as a team, not so much as a coach, but as a team, and figured out they're capable of playing with just about anybody. They're in, I think they're in the Huskies' head. Because UConn has had leads down the stretch in the three losses to Notre Dame this year. Down the stretch, their execution of offense has been atrocious. They just fall apart when now, it comes to Notre Dame speaking of that, in the clutch. UConn lost two players to season-ending injuries. Am I correct? Yes. Would one or both of those players have made a difference in, let's say, the tournament game, not so much so as in conference play? Possibly. I I, I see her face. She didn't play in the Big East championship game. It's not Kelly Ferris. I can't think. She didn't. Kelly Ferris played in the championship game. It was somebody else who didn't play. And they felt that her presence, because UConn's kind of healthy right now, that her presence in tonight's matchup will make a difference. So we'll see. But keep talking. Keep talking. This is, this is fun. Give me some predictions. What's going to happen tonight? I'm looking for, and let's see, the first game matchup is home. Who's, who's, who's in the first matchup? My mind draws a blank today. Louisville and Cal. I'm looking for Louisville to win their game only because of that, uh, their mental makeup of the team. 
and they play a lot of physical in camp. Uh, Cavs is a Big 12 team. I've seen quite a few of their games only because they're late night and, and it's after 12 o'clock when they, their games are televised. And yes, the Pac-12 does have a TV contract. ESPN does have a, a message out on that end. Uh, you can also catch them on, uh, on Fox and CBS Sports. And a lot of that, the Pac-12, uh, uh, media, uh, contracts as far as cable, regional, TV, they have a network, and it works, and they get that message out. So my prediction tonight is Louisville by 6-8 over Cal. And the young lady's name I was thinking of was Caroline Doty. That's what I was thinking of for you, Colin. That's who was missing the championship games. Her her presence tonight will make a difference. She's another, another body. She plays good defense. She's a good three-point shooter as well. So a few things lined up for the Huskies. I'm still picking her in the window. Go ahead. I, for, you know, the first game, I'm going with Louisville. Um, I watched them in practice a little bit yesterday. A lot of the drills they were doing, jump shooting from the three-point line, they were knocking them down like crazy. Uh, you got... No hand in the face. Sean, you got Schimmel, you know, fiery little point guard. So, I mean, I think they are destined to, to, to make it to the, to the championship game. And, of course, in the, the big matchup, I'm going with Notre Dame. Skylar Diggins. Okay, I'll 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 i agree with you on that. Uh, really, I'm going to pick Louisville from a different angle. And Doris Burke pointed this out yesterday. She compared Louisville's run in the tournament this this year to Texas A&M run a couple of years ago when they won it all in Indianapolis. They got to the Final Four. The Aggies won. They were not expected to get to the Final Four. Folks kind of forgot about them because the other three teams were Stanford, uh, Notre Dame, and Connecticut. Louisville's kind of in, in a similar situation there. Louisville plays good defense. Aggies play good defense. Aggies' keys to getting to the Final Four were defense, but then they got when they got here, their offense clicked. Daniel Adams was knocking down shots. They were making shots. Sidney Cole, Sidney Carter, all of them were knocking down shots. Even... Who hit the, who is the game winner shot for the Aggies? What's the, I can see your face playing day from Kansas City also with Daniel Adams. I can oh, see your face. What's her name? Oh, the game winner bucket right there. Yeah. But Louisville, Aggies, kind of a similar makeup in team style. Both have good coaches of different eras. Jeff Walls and Coach Gary Blair. But uh, Louisville, I think we'll, I'm going to pick a beat Cal, which may be the kiss of death. Sorry, Coach Walls. Um, I'm picking Notre Dame to beat Connecticut and setting up uh, uh, Notre Dame, Louisville, uh, championship matchup, and to work, work on that later on. But um, no, no, not going to work on later on because personally, I'm going with the best player, best team. That's Notre Dame. Scott Diggins going to get that championship. That's that's my thoughts on all that. I would agree. So you think this is this, this is that shot this time around? Absolutely. And I may be going to the extreme because considering who they lost from last year's team, I thought they would struggle this year. I didn't think they. I did not definitely think they'd be back to final four. That's for sure. I will admit that was one of the reasons why I was ter- determined to get a chance to see them play early in the season. That's why one of the reasons why I went out to Vegas. To, you know, we all go to Vegas, but when you go to Vegas to work, it's still a good thing because you, you, you're in a nice environment and the teams are, are loose. They're learning themselves. Um, the one, two things that I saw that. During that, those, 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 over those three days. One, they don't depend on one person to get to, to win a game for them. Two, they've got a situation where 
Skylar has become an extension of Muffet out on the floor. She grinds that team down. She calms them down. Not so much in a timeout, but at the free throw line when they get that break and all, and says, okay, this is what we, you know, we miss that on that one. Let that go. Go to the next play. Skylar has a way of figuring out things a lot better. She's figured it out this year a lot better than she had before. She hadn't just taken it personally and going off deep in and, and, and pull what I call a, a Camelo or a Kobe and just go into a single-minded situation and just, I'm going to score, score, score. But she gets everybody involved. She puts, plays more like uh, mentally, like LeBron, where she looks at, okay, I need to get everybody involved, then I need to come on and then finish this out, which I think is what has helped them all season. And that was definitely uh, in the the four, four overtime yeah. game that they played. That's definitely what happened. I mean, she struggled in that game, but when she needed to make shots, she made shots. When they needed a steal, she got one, you know, assist. I mean, she she did it all. And then, like you said, I think it starts with her. And I, they they believe in each other. They believe in her. And uh, I, they just, uh, you know, they're just destined to, to win it all this year, I believe. And this is also Louisville's second time around. Um, before when uh, Coach Wall came here, Angel McCocker, and he basically said in the uh, uh, teleconference earlier this week that he landed into a situation. Now, these are his players, these are his recruits, and this team has been evolved around as a team and not so much as a single-minded star, which helps them out. And I did ask him a question. I was about to show my sister, and in the process he said, you know, it's what they do for each other. It's what makes up the rest of this team feel calm with them out on the floor, whether together or one or the other. I agree. But the one thing that I've noticed this year, everybody talks about the on the, on the fellow side, you know, the Big Ten. It's still the Big East that is not a, a uh, that's still in charge of postseason play once they get into the tournament and get into the Final Four. Um, it'll be interesting to see what this looks like this weekend with three teams from that from that one uh, conference where it used to be everybody looked up. You know, the SEC was dropping right, teams SEC, in, mm-hmm. and, it, and UConn was coming by themselves. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you know, it's the other way around, and we don't know how long this is going to last. But it's, been, it's a good run. Yes. We're going to wrap it up here. Tyra White. Is your lady's name I was thinking of? Tyra White with the line drive shot that gave the Aggies that, the plenty of victory. Right. Tyra White, White Kansas right. City was her six feet tall, looked like she's never awake completely, but she could she could play. She knew she, could, she came through in the clutch. Indianapolis helped the Aggies win the championship. And as we wrap this up, I'm gonna ask you all a question: Who on the bench that you all have seen so far in the tournament, just in the tournament, that has contributed to the team getting to this point tonight? Out of any of the four, yeah. Brianna Stewart for Connecticut. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Because and I had a chance to see her when the Pan Am team practiced in Houston, and she was the only high school senior on that team of college players, and she was the best player on the floor then. I could see that clear as day. And to see her go from that she, to live up to the hype and finally play that play like that in the tournament, she, her presence could make a big difference in winning, beating Notre Dame tonight. Mariah Jefferson as well. Well, there you have it, folks. 
And, and just so everybody knows, listen to the podcast. We, this was a, a women's basketball dominated podcast. Naturally, because we're in the Final Four, in New Orleans, for the women's Final Four. We'll touch on the Rockets. We'll touch on the uh, real quick men's predictions Monday night, Michigan, Louisville. Who you got? I'm still looking at Louisville. That's a pick to win it. Yeah. My bracket was blown to bits after week day two, but uh, I'll take uh, Louisville to just be something, be right on my, on my predictions. So I'll pick Louisville. I don't know. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan looked pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I may have to go with Michigan, guys. That's fine. And this, I, the only reason I'm picking, I'm, still, I'm picking Louisville on the fellow side is because what they've done in their scoring drafts. They've still found a way to whittle down the margin and score with the clock not running. For whatever reason, this this year's tournament, teams have figured it out. When the clock is not running, get to the free throw line, knock down shots. Now you start getting, getting a team flow. But yesterday was a surprise to me as how much guards have gotten better to protecting the ball and taking care of the ball. There was almost a 40 minute, a 30 minute stretch where teams, where two teams on the floor didn't have a, a forced turnover. And unfor- it was un- some unforced situations uh, where you know, they made a pass, uh, the ball went, got off the rim, and a, a rebound, and then and we go another way. But as far as the mental unforced turnover, didn't see a whole lot of it yesterday. It was good. I, I like what I saw. On the women's side, they have a ways to go, but they're getting better. And it's still a guard-dominated that's situation. That's what, that's what I was going to say. Both men and women's college basketball comes out of guard play. And that's that's uh, the better guard. Team of the better guard usually wins, despite the dominance of post players. Because a post player cannot score, they don't get the ball in position to score. One last, uh, I got one last question for the two of you all. And the only reason I'm asking is because of what's fixing to transpire today. The men went to Atlanta this year, and for whatever reason, the new regime decided we're going to have Division Two and Division Three championships in the same hosted in the same city. Um, that was talked years ago when they built a new football stadium and a new arena in Indianapolis for on a, an adverse situation where both tournaments could be held at the same time because of the hotel and the available space and all as far as arena and um, hotel space. Do you think the women are ready to host the uh, Division One, Two, and Three at the same site as of yet? Cheryl, you talk, we talked about this a little bit on a different level. Cheryl wants to see it's a whole other can of worms, a whole other podcast. But Cheryl wants to see, would like to see men's and women's final four in the same city, same venue, back to back, you know, consecutively. Men play first, women play second, whatever. Women play first, no, whatever. Right, today's out. No. Whatever. Same day. You go ahead. Talk about that real quick. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Um, I would love to see it. I, the realization of it happening will probably be never. But, you know, to have a situation where you have the men and the women playing in, in this, you know, the same city, same venue, where you have the women start and the men come behind or the men the first game and the women behind, however. But I think it would be great, um, personally. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with that. But I just think it would be a good thing. I mean, because I, I say the same thing in the high school basketball. 
that you would probably get, you know, a lot more attendance and whatnot if you would have it. Because just imagine, you know, That's you got true. Louisville, you got the men's team and the women's team, you know, in the Final Four. How great would that be? I agree. Because, and you could easily do it a lot, you could easily do it a lot better on a high school level than you could on a, on the uh, college level. Only because we all know that games must be finished, especially here in the state of Texas, at Saturday because they don't allow Sunday play for you for high school students. So if you, it could be done. You would just have a week of basketball. I mean, the, the women would play Monday, fellas would play Tuesday, women Wednesday, fellas Thursday, women Friday, fellas Saturday. It could get done. They do it this, during, during the off-season anyhow. I mean, they wouldn't when they, when they go to these big tournaments and stuff. Let's wrap it up, Wildcat. Where can folks find your information, sir? They can find the information that I spoke about earlier as far as the videos, podcasts, uh, the links to them, uh, my, uh, uh, at YouTube, AKSVDCSR. Blog, AKSV, the College Sports Report. And folks, it's free. Information is out there. Check it out. I have some uh, interviews that other uh, information people in our area is not. A, they don't have it as available. What the Fifth Ward Wildcat does. Check it out. And your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle. Handle my Twitter. 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 Twitter handle, you know, that, that confuses me because, I mean, when it first came Twitter, up, I didn't know what they, what they was talking about. It's Twitter, uh, Twitter. But we had a seminar about it seven years ago. But it is AKSVDCSR. Hashtag AKSVDCSR. And, KG, my website is HoustonRoundBarView.com. Twitter is VHRReview. Got a Facebook fan page as well. I'm on YouTube. The channel is Houston Round Ball. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Cheryl. Thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for your insight. Thanks uh, for having you, me. Anything you want to wrap up in, in conclusion before we wrap it up here? I am. I'm just looking forward to, to the games tonight. As we all are. We're looking forward to it. Uh, the game is going to be on ESPN. Uh, semifinals tonight. Championship is on Tuesday. So watch the games. Enjoy the games. Thank you as always for listening. And in conclusion, as I always say, be true, be cool, and do more. Wow.